Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Enterprise Mobility Insights Outlook podcast. I'm Gina Daniel-Lee, Vice President of Strategic Alliances and Partnerships at Stratix. Today's episode is focused on the restaurant industry. And wow, can you believe all the changes that have happened in this particular industry over the past two years? It's really astounding. In our episode today, we'll be discussing ways that mobile technology has actually helped restaurants thrive despite labor shortages, supply chain delays, and other challenges as well. For today's episode, I'd like to welcome Todd Monchicourt to our podcast. Todd is the Chief Growth Officer at MadMobile. Todd has a ton of experience in this space and has so kindly agreed to join us today. Hey, Todd, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Gina. Thank you. It's good to be here. Let's kick this off by having you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure, sure. So, um, you know, I, I, I guess I started in this space about seven years ago. Um, I was I was in enterprise uh, sales and sales management and got asked to go lead uh, go to market strategy um, and execution for Apple. Um, for their restaurant and and retail and hospitality businesses. So I was employee number one on that team um, and sort of dug in and and really started to understand what was going on in the industry and and sort of made a career out of uh, helping Apple's customers think more uh, deeply about how they go to market with mobility. And restaurant, you know, was an area that was um, sorely lacking. (laughs) <laughs> and a lot of the mobility initiatives that they were trying to execute on. So it was it was quite a journey. So I, I ended up doing that for, for quite a while and, and came across uh, the Bad Mobile team, who I thought was doing some of the most innovative work in the market, and uh, decided after my journey at Apple to come over here and, and help them take this, uh, take this solution uh, deeper into the market. That's a great career evolution, and I know your experience at Apple translates really well um, into your role at Mad Mobile. I think you would agree with me in that it's an understatement to say that restaurants have really been put through the ringer over the past two years. I mean, just when we thought we were coming out of the pandemic, there was a resurgence of the new Delta variant, right? And restaurants were really facing massive supply chain challenges and labor shortages on top of that. It's really been an unprecedented time. Give us some insights into how Mad Mobile's customers are faring. And, you know, many are leading the way. And if they are, what are they doing differently? Yeah, I mean, man, it's been an amazing uh, couple of years for the restaurant industry. I mean, um, I'm just uh, overwhelmed every day listening to the customers and, and how resilient they've become not just with technology, but across the board, you know, the way they've learned how to manage labor and manage um, just day-to-day opening and closing of their their storefronts. So, um, you know, it's funny, a, a lot of restaurants that we worked with uh, when we first got started, because our, our restaurant go-to-market solutions really um, went live about a year before the pandemic hit. And the ones that were thinking, you know, digital prior to pandemic fared, fared very, very well. Not just our customers, but if you think about the big names in the market, you know, um, Panera and Wingstop and some of these folks that were really digital first and had invested, um, you know, were the ones that obviously reaped the benefits of, of being able to, you know, really, really navigate their business and actually create more profit in a, in a down market. So, so, you know, digital was really the key and, and being mobile first for a lot of these companies, being able to pivot from, say, 
you know, your traditional in, in-store, either casual dining operation um, or a QSR that, that didn't have, say, a, a large drive-through capacity, those that were able to turn those functions on were the ones that really, um, you know, came out of this or are coming out of this the strongest. So it, it's it's been really interesting to watch. And, and, and the consumer also on the other side, you know, the way that they've uh, reacted to, to you know, the new normal in restaurants. It wasn't just, you know, the millennials and Gen, Gen Zs that were coming up, you know, demanding new experiences and demanding more convenience and more quality. But, you know, it, it you know, COVID just accelerated all of that. And so it's a great time to be in mobile. And it's, it's for the restaurants, I think it's something that, um, you know, they weren't forced into it, but they're, they're starting to really understand the value. We're hearing a lot in the news and, you know, we're hearing across industry that there is a lot of labor shortages happening today. How can mobile technology help organizations combat this? Yeah, um, well, obviously, uh, it's not just labor shortages, but it's also cost of labor. So I think restaurants, even before pandemic, the shortage of labor, were thinking, geez, how do we you know, optimize our labor to provide better service with maybe a few less people because, you know, obviously labor is the, the highest uh, cost category for restaurants. And so, you know, digital can really lend a hand there, I, I especially when you think about, you know, a, QS, a, a format like a QSR or even a casual dining restaurant. I always say, and I hear restaurant customers say that, you know, we don't we don't go to a QSR to experience, you know, the cashier, right? So they go there for the food and the convenience. Um, and, and, you know, companies like Shake Shack that were out leading, um, thinking about, you know, how do we get, you know, a really good kiosk experience into the marketplace? How do we really do mobile right? How do we pull all the different pieces together so it's seamless across all of our channels? Um, you know, that's that's really the, the folks that were able to re- reprioritize kind of their labor and shift labor to more of a quality component rather than just a transactional component. And so the, the restaurants that did that were able to provide a higher level of service, you know, with less people doing the transactional work and reduce a lot of the labor costs at the same time. That's good. Um, you mentioned kiosk and, you know, are you seeing customers implement new use cases today? You mentioned kiosk, maybe table side ordering. Are there others? Yeah, well, it's funny. Um, so, so a lot. You know, there's two schools of thought here when we talk to executives. One is, hey, everybody's moving towards you know the mobile device in their pocket. Why should we invest in restaurant technology in the store? Um, you know, when people are just going to be pulling their phones out and ordering. And you know, uh, what we've seen in the trends that we've 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 come to understand is that um, the restaurants that do very well. Um, provide as many channels as possible to meet the customer to where at, at where they're at in the restaurant. So if I can think forward enough to order on my mobile device and have have the app um, for that, you know, that that restaurant, um, yeah, that's a great, you know, those are your most loyal customers. But even companies, you know, like Starbucks that have really invested heavily in mobile still do a lot of their business, the majority of their business, people just walk in and order coffee. So so you've got to be able to think about you know, not just your best customers, but also the majority of your customers and how they want to transact. So being able to offer things like kiosk, you know, a convenient drive-through. Um, we've seen what Chipotle's tried to do with their digital uh, drive-through. Um, some of the learnings we've had there. I mean, you really have to think through, rethink through all, all the different channels. And the most important part to that is really having the infrastructure that can support any journey that you want to you want to put forward your restaurant. Because COVID changed things so rapidly, restaurants tried to pivot. A lot of restaurants went out and bought you know, these really what I call um, 
uh, sort of turnkey point solutions that weren't really part of their initial strategy and they kind of get bolted on and the longer term they become, you know, problematic. So, so it, it's really thinking about all those different channels and how do you have an infrastructure that can really flex to meet the demand where the customer is going to be, not just today, but in two years. I think you're right. Let, let's shift our conversation just a bit to data. You know, the industry seems to be obsessed with data and, and rightly so, right? Fortunately, many new solutions provide really strong data. How are restaurants using this for competitive advantage and to to offer something unique? Well, unfortunately, most of them aren't. <laughs> so, ah. so, so restaurants are really laggards in terms of, you know, understanding their customer and providing, you know, true loyalty experiences for their best customers. And so, you know, we're trying to change that. We just started a, a, a new partnership, an engineering partnership with Salesforce, uh, the commerce and marketing cloud products to try to, to try to bring something that was best in class in a, for a retailer into the restaurant market. Um, you know, today there, there are several loyalty platforms out there. Most of them are loosely integrated with, you know, the restaurant technology and point of sale. You know, the funny thing is if I'm a very small restaurant, one or two uh, unit bakery, or I've got a one or two uh, unit deli shop, I can take advantage of a really great technology stack because I can go plug that in and not have to worry about any of my legacy operations, right? And so those guys are beating the the guys that are making billions of dollars in the restaurant industry. And it just doesn't seem like, you know, it's not fair. Uh, the playing level isn't fair. And so so we're trying to change that by by really taking that 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 point of sale infrastructure in the restaurant, modernizing it and making it really mobile first, flexible and, and best in class for not just consumer experiences, but also team members. And so the ability to do that is, is really paramount. So with all the new offerings and solutions on the market today, are you seeing mobile technology projects in this space get prioritized? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I mean, mobile uh, before was kind of a, they, they, it was an innovation kind of column in, in a spreadsheet for for a restaurant where they were thinking about it, but nobody really executed it. Uh, it was more of a culture of, you know, it's good enough, right, for us. Like we, we were still, you know, we're, we're servicing our customers, we're doing a good job, the food quality is good. But when COVID hit, you know, all of a sudden uh, you had to have a mobile strategy and those that didn't really suffered. And so they realized the importance, not just of, you know, mobile in the consumer's hands, but also mobile in the store and mobile in the drive-through. And, and like the fixed, the, the idea of a fixed cash register and a fixed POS is really, if you think about it, antiquated. Um, yet the biggest restaurants in the world are still running these big monolithic fixed cash register POS machines uh, when most of their business is already digital, most of it's already credit. So, um, you know, that, that, that's, that's been a huge shift. So you talked about, you know, the big POS systems. Let's talk a little bit about the device. Um, are you seeing restaurants, you know, really looking to drive many use cases across a single device or multiple devices to, to support different solutions, maybe, you know, counterpoint of sale or drive-through services? Are you seeing any differences there? Yeah, it's a great question. And so, um, you know, the story I'd like to tell here is I, I have a great friend who had a bunch of delis out on the West Coast. And um, and this is an example of a mobile application or, or use case in a restaurant, you know, and everybody that is in this industry is familiar with it. He really wanted to turn on digital ordering. He wanted to he wanted to go digital big with with all the providers in the space. And so they were all knocking on his door, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Postmates. You know, you get on the, the gamut of all these guys. And 
every one of them approached him with a different tablet. It was built on a different operating system that was running a different type of application. Um, and he was scratching his head saying, I've got 12 different devices that are beeping and buzzing and flashing. And, and you can imagine trying to you know, service your Delhi customer and having all these different devices that are, that are just driving, you know, your prep cooks and everybody, everybody crazy. It was just it threw a whole wrench. And, and the people that suffered the most were the traditional customers that would walk through the door. I would have to wait behind the line of all these crazy orders that were coming in um, and people demanding their, their to-go orders. So, so, that strategy, um, thankfully, is getting more integrated into the POS. People are getting more savvy about how they manage all those digital orders. And we're, we're playing a big part in that role. And so being able to consolidate digital orders and bring them into the actual physical uh, front store of the restaurant to make sense of them so that you can continue to service your best customers with a mobile platform without having, you know, 12 or 15 different devices. The other thing I learned at Apple uh, was pretty interesting is a lot of folks would go out and buy a single device to help manage, just say like food safety. They would buy a, a device that would do temperature probing and and would allow them to sort of log log certain uh, data that they needed for, for uh, the health department. And, you know, that one device obviously was good for that, but then they had another KDS, uh, you know, screen over here. And then they had a, a device maybe they were using for line busting and, and you know, these are very expensive, purpose-built types of, of solutions that don't talk to each other. And so with Apple, we can't, kind of came in and said, listen, what if we could provide a, a, an ecosystem of best-in-class restaurant uh, applications that you could run your entire platform on a single pane of glass with a simple uh, operating system with a similar UI UX that required little or no training? And that's really the way restaurants are thinking, like flexing mobile so that you can use one, one device um, to do multiple things. It's not saying I only own one device, but it's one platform. It's, it's, and for us, best in class is iOS uh, in the restaurant and, it, and it's Apple does a wonderful job. It, they've come so far in restaurants in terms of the, the way they've ruggedized their devices and, and made them you know, really, really uh, sturdy and, and hazardous environments. And so that's really the strategy we're seeing um, and it's paying off. I like the term you use, flexing mobile. You know, we also talk about this concept of modernizing your POS, and you kind of alluded to it um, earlier. What are some of the immediate benefits that restaurants can see in really driving this modernization sooner rather than later? Sure, sure. So, um, I mean, the biggest, most obvious one is I can now take multiple orders. We no longer call point of sale, point of sale. It's points of sale. So it's it's I can take transactions anywhere in the restaurant. And you've seen Chick-fil-A doing this for years in their drive through Restaurants are starting to catch on. Like Chick-fil-A is like the most well-run operationally drive -through, operational drive-through in the world. The amount of volume they do through that and the customer experience they provide, even at high volume times. Any restaurant can do that. But not every restaurant can go out and spend, you know, the the millions and I don't want to say how much it was, but millions and millions of dollars that a Chick Fil A would spend to support the integration into their legacy POS that allows for those journeys. So, um, you know, uh, being able to provide you know that type of service is something that we came to market with and said if we can create those types of experiences in restaurant uh, by modernizing legacy POS and. and and one thing you have to understand, like whenever I, as an Apple, uh, you know, market uh, industry guy, went to these restaurant executives and said, "Hey, listen, 
we've got a great point of sale that runs on an iPad, but you're going to have to rip out your legacy point of sale uh, that you've invested, you know, 20 years and you've highly, it's been highly customized and, and they realize the pain. They know like, man, every time I want to create like limited time offer, I want to create, you know, I want to pull like products together to like do something cool on the POS and I want to do it digitally and I want to do it on the mobile app. It's just a huge overhead and, and, and a headache for these restaurants. And they really can't, can't be as nimble as they want to be in terms of how they serve, serve their customer and how they, you know, present these products. Um, they get it, but the problem is to do that rip and replace, it's millions and millions of dollars in multiple year journey. And a lot of them took that leap and made that investment. By the time they get to the three or four years of modernizing or, or replacing that POS, you know, the new POS is already antiquated. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right. Somebody already came out with another POS. So, so our, our feeling and our very strong feeling is like leverage the current investment, you know, get modern with what you've got, you know, create, we, we've created a, a wonderful uh, product that sits on top and allows for, you know, dozens of devices to connect to a single point of sale and allow that really mobile, you know, whether we call it Panera or Chick-fil-A or, you know, think about the leaders here. That same experience at a very fraction of the cost with a, with, a, with an Apple certified UI um, that's that's as fast if not faster than the fixed point of sale. All of a sudden, people start to really think about that journey differently and like, how do we could we actually replace these physical point of sales, these cash registers in a restaurant? It's really been amazing to see kind of the reaction we've gotten. Yeah, you guys have done a really really great job there and uh, helped customers. A lot of customers, you know, get down their journey sooner rather than later, which has been great to see. Let's talk a little bit about the franchise model, right? Because that mm -hmm. can be kind of complex. Supporting the corporate store is one thing, but how do you get various locations to adopt the technology? Any advice here? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big one, right? So, you know, point of sale is one of those few investments that um, corporate will sponsor and even mandate to a franchisee under their, under their terms of their agreement. And so, you know, forcing something down a franchisee's throat that's very expensive and cumbersome is a really bad model. So, you know, one thing we look at and we we thought about very carefully is who is going to be able to support and create a turnkey type of uh, solution that can modernize POS without being a lot of overhead in terms of setting it up, managing it, kitting it, maintaining it. Um, and companies like Stratix have done, you know, we partnered with to just provide that service so the restaurants don't have to think about it, right? They're in, especially, you know, your highly transactional restaurants. They, they don't want to, you know, think about the technology. They don't want to worry about whether it's going to work or not or, or how how they're going to update when an iOS uh, update gets released in the marketplace and how they're going to manage the, the, the mobile device management capabilities on that device. They don't want to bother with any of that. And that's why you see companies like Toast that have been so wildly successful is because they've figured out how to do that in an ecosystem. Unfortunately, Toast can't scale up, up market. They just don't have um, the integration capabilities. So they're great in the small business restaurant market, but we had to rethink how we do that for enterprise. And really that managed services piece and that turnkey solution is really, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's fundamental um, for being successful at scale. So the Stratix and Mad Mobile teams have been working for the last number of months in creating this proof of concept offering. Mm -hmm. um, what's the goal of a proof proof of concept, and where does it add value in the sales process? Yeah, I think so. So the reaction we got when we first went to market with the solution, because we've been doing this in retail for years, we had modernized retailers from Polo Ralph Lauren, the Brooks Brothers, all the big luxury retailers we were working with. And, you know, their, their legacy point of sale, they wanted to operate like an Apple store, right? And so we were able to take that and modernize it. And we went to this, we went to the restaurant industry with this solution, which we've worked on for a number of months and years. 
um, to perfect, the first reaction we got was, um, it's not possible. Like, you guys can't do this. You know, we've talked to so many vendors that have like said that they've got this, this, how do we, how do we work with like this legacy? And I'll throw a couple of names at NCR, Micros, Par. How do we, how do we take these legacy technologies and make them modern? And they, they hit so many dead ends and roadblocks that they just didn't believe it was possible. So our point, is, our, our proof of concept is a little bit different. So in order to prove out how we do this is we actually get a physical copy of the customer's um, point of sale in our pause lab here in Tampa, right? We take the head off it and we actually show the restaurant operator transactions flowing through that system seamlessly into their point of sale, you know? Um, so, so taking orders either through a mobile device or through a kiosk or through a fixed pause. And when they see it, they can, almost can't believe it that they, they can transact and how fast it is by creating this microservices architecture that sits on top of the point of sale and having multiple devices hit it at the exact same time. I mean, uh, these big POS companies had tried this for years and, and failed because of the way they've architected their solution. They couldn't get it to work. And, and suddenly we had a solution. And so I'll never forget, you know, I was out in Texas meeting with a very large uh, chain and, and the CIO said, uh, you know, you're the only vendor that's made it this far <laughs> out of 11, out of 11 we've met with. Um, and they have one of the typical, you know, you know, in 60% of the restaurant solutions that, you know, they just couldn't live with anymore because it wasn't providing the service they needed. That's great. So as we're coming to the end of our time together, Todd, are there any final best practices that you would recommend to our listeners? Yeah, I, I would say just, you know, like digital's not going away. It's, it's, and, you know, there was a huge rush when COVID hit. Everybody ran out and bought these point solutions that like provided a really quick and easy way to just get online or to create a digital order on their on people's phones. Um, that's not a strategy, right? So, so the strategy has to be all encompassing. It has to include the in-store technology. You have to think about the team member that's actually serving the food and taking taking the orders, the folks in the drive-through, as well as the consumer that has the mobile device in their hand that's placing the order. All that has to be a holistic approach. And if you don't think about it that way, you're going to run into a lot of problems down the road. Now, you may have been able to band-aid your way through through COVID and get some orders and show some growth, but long-term, that's not really a strategy. And so we, we like to step back with customers, do a lot of journey mapping, and think about like all the different touch points they have with their consumer, as well as their team members and what they go through day-to-day to actually help their customers you know, get quality food quickly. And so... Um, I would say uh, if you're if you're if you're going down this trend, you don't have a strategy um, that's multi-year and, and all-encompassing in terms of your total tech stack, then you probably want to stop these little one-off projects to do things like throw a kiosk in a dining room or just provide a, a, a mobile ordering platform that's very quick, or, or go out and purchase like a turnkey loyalty program without thinking about the entire journey, both in the store for the team member and the consumer. So that's kind of, that's the biggest one I've seen, you know, and and really that's what, that's how we're trying to approach the market. Good insight. Thank you for that. So if you've you've listened to any of our podcasts in the past, um, you'll know we end with a series of rapid fire questions. If my guest is, uh, is willing to partake, are you, are you in? Shoot. All right. So the first one is what's one piece of advice you would give your younger self? Oh my gosh. Uh, take more risks, but, uh, really think carefully (laughs) before you take them. I'll tell you that right now. I like that. I like that. What about a favorite fall tradition? Uh, I, I'm like a big pumpkin spice guy. So I love going to Starbucks and getting that latte. And so I'm a big Starbucks fan. They were a huge Apple customer of ours. And I've always, uh, 
love the brand and it's one of my favorite things to do as soon as that that latte gets uh, released i go grab one that's good <laughs> that's good um I'm and then finally it. what about the last tv show that you binge watched so wow that's a good one so i, I don't really binge watch shows I'm, I'm a big sports guy so i'm really now you know binge watching sports football you know i'm from boston so the big boston fan but i live in tampa now so i've got you know oh titled yeah. i've got all the teams here right and so i binge watch you know the lightning and the bucks and and um you know of course the lds and and we got the rays going in so so if, if you're at my house the sports are going to be on um generally or i'll or I'm not watching TV. <laughs> Got it. So I guess I'm boring. Good so. stuff. No, it's yeah. all good. Thank you so much for joining me today. Great, insightful conversation. Thank you, Gina. Really nice to speak with you. So, hey, listeners, thanks again for tuning in. If you liked what you heard and would like more information or would like to sign up for future episodes, please visit straticscorp.com slash podcast to subscribe. We'd also love it if you would rate and leave a review for any podcast that you've listened to. Until next time, thanks for joining us. Goodbye. Goodbye.